This is Mark, a.k.a. Thorn678. I wanted to talk, do a series about um, Zip. I'm currently playing Explorers, but I'm always thinking about Bayou. Zip is an interesting model in my particular case because I've played against him, I think, like five or six times, which is a, um, a significant amount when you only play against um, one person and, and not, not like more than once a week typically so my opponent will have experience with zip you know what he does the main difference is that i'll be playing him as bayou and my opponent dane only ever played him well no he played him as bayou once but he mostly plays him as outcast because he enjoys what the outcast faction offers as a whole more than the bayou faction so whereas typically the point of this series is to give my initial thoughts being something that's about, I don't know, 55 games into Malifaux. So, not like brand spanking new, but I've played enough to know what's going on. Give my initial thoughts, play games, and see, see if my initial thoughts on those were correct or not. And where those thoughts differ from the actual outcome. I've had good success so far with Cadmus and EVS pretty much being right on the money for what I thought. So we'll go over every model in the keyword one by one and just briefly go over it. Um, this isn't really meant for experienced players. This is more meant for, you know, maybe not even new players, but somebody that wants to maybe just hear what somebody else has to say about a model because um, even though I've played against Zip many times, it's going to be very different when I play him, I have a feeling, because my opponent and I have very different play styles. So let's start by talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Dane's favorite little boy, Captain Zip. 6581, 8 movement, super, super good. Uh, blasting off again is a defensive trigger with a mask after resolving pistol anywhere than 6 inches of its current location, super good. He can't interact, but that, that's, that's totally fine. He's going to be taxiing Earl around or alpha striking or picking off scheme runners or picking off the weak uh, he gives out concealment and he, the typical keyword uh, ability is showboating if he cheated fate during his activation he gets to draw a card and he has flight uh, up we go two inch stat three against size um, can't target models with size place the model anywhere within three inches of its current position the key there is anywhere anywhere within three inches that means any. I mean, that means anywhere. Like, it doesn't say three inch pulse. It says anywhere. So you can do all kinds of crazy shenanigans. Uh, and two, three, four damage. Uh, you're coming with me. Trigger. So you push three inches. Play small base contact. Severe injury to get out injured. The zip zapper. Super good gun. Eight inch range. Ignores cover and concealment. Two blast. Three blast. Five blast. Push models damaged up to one inch in any direction. Uh, ram trigger for an extra blast and um, crow trigger for move target up to three inches and then they have to discard or be moved another three so there's some potential there you could like up we go somebody up onto a building and then you could <laughs> you could zip zapper them move them three off the building and, and like make them you know suicide jump i regret nothing ah! it's just great 
and um, drop the PN hose. So this is a way of, of controlling the board. I've been literally trapped in my deployment zone with um, Hamlin taking on Zip. It, it was just a that was just such a bad game. Um, so you can disc up, discard up to two cards or pass tokens to create a 40 millimeter um, impassable blocking destructible piano marker. And you create another one for each card discarded up to two or a pass token. And there's a trigger to um, make people have to pass a willpower duel or gain distracted. And his um, now infamous made by uh, I call him Jesse C. Ellis. Jesse C. Ellis um, co um, co podcast, boring conversation. Until the end phase, when an enemy model within range declares a non-walk action, it must pass a target number ten willpower duel, or the action fails. So it's not a gimme that you'll pass it, but but um, statistically, with a fresh deck, you have a good chance of passing it. Um, the Forcing duels on your opponent, like with shockwaves or things like this, is always good, no matter what. So, either they flip a high card, and now a high card is out of their deck, which prevents them from drawing it if they have card draw, or from them flipping against you in a, a duel or on a damage flip or some such. Um, or they really want to pass it and they cheat a card from their hand which gives you information that, uh, about what their hand is like, that they had that card, and it uh, gives you information about their deck, and it, it exerts some, some form of control over them. It's, always, it's, it's just always good. It's um, right up there with the offensive. Um, so I say terrifying is the best defensive tech in the game. I still agree with that, because it, just, it doesn't just... It doesn't. Ju it doesn't just defend you. It also gives you a lot of information. So, and and then getting distracted one is not the end of the world, but but it's something. So, to me, the biggest draw of boring conversation isn't necessarily the. Um, I'm sorry, not distracted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's huge because it makes the it makes the action fail. I was confusing drop the pianos with that. Drop the piano is also good because of the willpower duel that it. And it forces. So he's he he can be just really nasty with either going you know cycling through your opponent's deck and getting rid of high cards to pass something that is meh if they pass it or not. So um, what I think what he'll be doing in the game he's very versatile. He can run around killing stuff. If um, you bring Earl with him, you can you can interact. Uh, that's kind of a trap because I think. Um, I think every game that I played against Zip, I killed Earl. I want to say I killed him turn one every game. I could be wrong about that, um, but he's usually a super top priority, which is a distraction card effects in and of itself, which is both good and bad. I mean, so without him, your master can't interact. Your master has a lot of work that he can do without interacting, so it's not necessarily to your detriment if he can't interact. And or it could just it could draw attention. Your opponent could say, "I really got to take that guy down," while you sneak your other guys off to do stuff because the attention isn't on them. Um, the Bayou upgrades are insane, and 
any one of them would be good on zip. He already has sputtering exhaust. I mean, you could make it to where he you can't you can't even target him for more than six inches away with two gremlins in a ghillie suit. Um, you can um, you can put on um, twelve cups of coffee and shut down bonus actions, and I think that also shuts down triggers. It's just pure pure print value. It's it, he's such a, a good master. He's a versatile master. He's one of the best in the faction and um this is all talking about zip one of course um zip two seems very different uh he's he, I, I know that um bayou chat is really down on him and uh i mean it's hard to argue with them they know better than i do they play in tournaments all the time like actual in-person malifo real malifo so it, it's hard to say that they're wrong but I mean, I kind of like to do that. But they're they're way more authoritarian than that. And plus, they're like all really nice guys. So I don't I don't I don't want to be a jerk. Some of the internet echo chamber are just obnoxious snobs, and I just I, I, I love just arguing with them, even if I know I'm wrong. But anyway, I'll do um, maybe a section on Zip Two later. I lied, I'll do Zip 2 now. Uh, Zip, Captain Zip, Dread Pirate, which makes me think of the Princess Bride every time. 6561, so gone is the 8-inch movement. He still has flight, interestingly, though. In the art, he's, like, swinging on a rope, so maybe he's flying around on, on like, the ropes of the ship and stuff? I don't know. Uh, now he's Captain of the Infamy, once per activation, after damaging an enemy model... A friendly infamous model with a line of sight may discard a card to take the interact action, ignoring engagement from enemy models that are distracted. So you can tell right away here that this is the exact opposite of Zip 1, where he's not flying around all over the board doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He's still very supporty. Supportive? Supportish? Supporting? He's very, still very supporting of his crew by making them able to take the interact action kind of at any time like surprise boom marker monologue once per activation after a friendly infamous model draws a card it may discard the drawn card to have an enemy model within four of it four or of it gain distracted one so i mean you're gonna be drawing cards like crazy because of showboating so you can just you know you draw a card it's crap you just slap it down and boom you're distracted or if it's a really good card you keep it or, you know, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of mind games that you can play with this too, because you want to assume that your opponent would keep good cards, but, I mean, you could keep crap cards and make them think, oh, you have a good card. Because sometimes you can force your opponent to do something just to, like, as like a bluff, like a little, you know, stick your toe in the water, a little, a little, a little, and try to get you to commit and, and try to um, force your hand to get rid of you're good stuff because I think you just drew a good card and you want to defend yourself. Uh, walk the plank, so defensive trigger on a tome. After resolving, move the attacker for two inches, then the attack, attacker gains distracted. Not built in this time. Um, I think that... Mm, given the how overall powerful this kit seems, I think it may... Uh, maybe should have been built in, maybe, perhaps? Question mark? Uh, maybe too overpowered, but uh, I don't know. So, for attack actions, cutthroat cutlass, one inch, six with built in tomes and defense. 
The first time each activation this action targets a model distracted, the target suffers a minus to resist. Insanely good. Insanely good. You're either going to waste one of their focus or they're going to be on a negative. That's just really, really good. Or it eats through Serene Countenance or Manipulative or any of these other things that put you on a negative. And the built-in tome is Captain's Challenge. Anyway, until the end phase, enemy models other than the target suffer a minus action to actions targeting this model. So you're really putting up a safety net. Because say you're fighting somebody like Ten Thunders who have the Samurai, the Bushi, <laughs> they have a built-in plus, so they don't care about friendly fire. Well, if now they're on another negative the first time they hit, they're still at a net, you know, they're still at a net negative. So you're at least eating one action there. And it's more of a deterrence, I think, than actual practicality. I think it's more there to just try to discourage and be more protective of him. That's more of a defensive thing. And mutilate when resolving. If the target has slow, it suffers one da- plus one damage. Otherwise, again, slow. So he could be a 3-5-6. That's not bad. Fire the cannons 10 inches. Um, the best thing to know about this is it is not a gun. Needs a 5 for to go off. Shockwave X, move 13, damage X. This model may choose the shockwave and damage values for this action. Provided the total numbers combined do not exceed 4. And on a crow trigger, uh, ruptured ears, models damaged, gain, distracted, plus 1. So you can really lure people in and then boom, cannons. It's really hard to beat that. I mean, it's one super activation, but I mean, that's fine. Full speed ahead, 10 inches, 5 against willpower, needs a 10. Ignores line of sight and concealment. Push the target 5 inches in any direction, ignoring models and train. Whoopity-doo. But here's caught in the rigging, a mask. Choose any markers within two of the target. Place chosen markers in a base contact with the target. So you've got an area that you need to put a bunch of markers, but your opponent has a little ball of death waiting for you there, and you wouldn't be able to interact. Well, put them here, and then have Zip move them through over, and boop, there are the, there are the scheme markers now. You've got a strategy marker over there, and you've got a, um, let's say, a scrap marker and a corpse marker, or a scrap and a scheme, or a scheme and a corpse, and you want to do a research mission, well, just put them down on the other side of the wall to protect yourself, and then whoop, go through the wall, and boop, put them down. Nintendo noises make it work better. Booty and plunder, target a marker. This is a bonus action, it's a tactical. Uh, it's a four inch range, needed a six. Draw a card for each model within two pulse of the target, up to three cards, then remove the target. So some, some marker removal. Um, Bayou was not starving from marker removal, but it's nice to have it on a master. Can you imagine this guy with gluttony and and um, the uh, the lucky emissary? It's probably way overkill and it, it probably not needed like at all. But, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a cute little, little meme list. I don't know. And that has a ram trigger for focus cleansing. Uh, heal two and one condition, and he has shrug off. Discard a card to end a condition. So overall, I it, I think on paper he doesn't look as interesting or as robust as Zip one, but I think he has his uses, and it depends on on matchup, depends on table, depends on pool, like everything in Malifaux. It all depends. But I think that there is a place for this model, and I think that he could be good. At the very least, he would be fun. Um, you know, talking about things that could be good or aren't good or any of that, it really all depends on your local meta. I don't play on Vassal. I don't enjoy Vassal. It's way too much of a time investment. And for my current lifestyle, 
it's just not feasible. It's it's easier to go play a game, you know, two, three, four times a month in person for you know three or four hours, than to sit at home where I'm ignoring my wife and infant to play Vassal. So it's just it just doesn't work for me. If you like Vassal, that's great, but it's just not something that fits into how I how I hashtag adult. So. I'm interested in trying him out with, um, I would probably like to do the Lucky Emissary and Gluttony thing and just just be super annoying, but then <laughs> that could totally backfire if my opponent doesn't care about markers or it didn't pick any marker schemes, I don't know. Um, and also, it could be the old bait and switch because people think that Zip 2 is bad and you declare Zip and so they tech against Zip. Maybe all this like anti-concealing stuff or something and you're just like, hey, here's Zip 2, what are you going to do now? I mean, so there is that. Um, he seems like he would partner well with um, Gracie, but then again, everything partners well with Gracie. You can put two gremlins in a ghillie suit on him. Sure, why not? Although his size might might actually help him for getting his stuff out. Um, yeah, so that's what I have to say about Zip 2. I haven't given him a lot of thought, and I haven't played against him, so this was kind of spur of the moment. So um, if I do end up playing him, I'll do his own his own segment. And oh, the first mate, the bestest boy. Uh, if you guys don't know the fluff of the uh, first mate, it's it's awesome. If you don't know it and you want to read it or hear it yourself on the Breachside broadcast, I would say skip maybe the next 30 seconds. Spoiler in three, two, one. So the original first mate was eaten by a Cillarid when they were out in the bayou and instead of the infamous crew getting angry and perhaps slaying the Cillarid in retribution, Zip declared him the new first mate and said that he applauded his, uh, that he applauded his drive and his ambition to uh, be promoted. So uh, he encouraged the others. Nobody quite knows if he's sentient or if he's just like an animal that happens to be reaping the benefits of the things he gets to eat in wake of the violence so anyway as far as gameplay is concerned you know five five six two butterfly jump which is um, always good the keyword showboating he's stealth so you can't target him more than six inches away and pounce so after an enemy model ends a move engaged by this model if it's not the metal's activation this model gains fast stealth is great uh, combo it with two gremlins in a ghillie suit so not only can you not target him from six inches away you can't charge him so it's gross. Um, he um, is still good, even though he got nerfed. I actually don't... What was the pre-nerf? I think his his critical strike was built in on Anchor to make it a 3-4-6 instead of a 2-3-5. Um, so he, he has Anchor to 1-inch engagement stat 6 against defense, crit strike, pouncing strike. So on a mask, he can um, place himself 5 inches and take an act, at another attack action. And delay on a on a crow, menacing croak, so it's six inch pulse, needs a six. Any models within range must pass a target number 14 willpower duel or gain distracted plus one. Which if um, you ha you face you're facing a crew that pulses out focus e easily, which in my opinion shouldn't be a thing, but that's another another topic. Um, there's a good way to take it all down. Uh, and on a mask, he can remove a scheme marker. Sure, why not? If you happen to have a six of masks in your hand and you need to get rid of that marker, why not? Six, I think this used to be statted as well, so he needs a three of masks. 
a six inch leap um, with sudden strike on a, on a um, ram. Free loot, he can target enemy scheme marker, place a base contact with it and remove it and draw a card. So he's got a lot of um, scheme marker hate. He can pretty much fulfill any role you need. He can be a schemer. He, he can do the, the most important sequence of events in the game, which is interact, move, interact with his leap and it can be a move to anywhere because it's leap. He's a decent melee beater. Um, you can, if you have a high ram in your hand and he's a henchman, you can stone for a ram. Boom, he is now four, five, seven. Yikes. Or, you know, if you have a red joker in your hand, ugh, ugh. So he can be, he can be really nasty. Okay, so any other thoughts about the first mate? What's it, it's pretty self-explanatory. He's just he's one of those models you can see out of keyword a lot because he's nine stone, so that'd be ten, which is very decent for a a um, a, a do-all model that he can beat. He can scheme. He can anti-scheme. You can send him up the flanks to go scheme or take down scheme runners. You can take out their beater. You can just play the keep away game all game long and and go do whatever it is that you need. You know, flip turf war markers. Um, but pretty much the only thing that you maybe wouldn't want him doing is carrying a lodestone, although he could in theory even do that and be just fine. So that is my take on the first mate. Of course, you could always, oh, a few more thoughts, you could always partner him up with Gracie and to be like a bodyguard and to do her ride with me, or um, partner him up with an iron skeeter um, who pulses out or has an aura of concealment so if somebody does get within six inches and and is somebody that shoots or has some other non-claw action there you go some concealment there's so much utility in this in this crew and this is probably the most important staple into the crew i don't like the idea of auto include on anything because i think it's usually indicative of something wrong with the model unless it's super expensive which first mate's not nine is Nine is good. I would still buy him for 10. I would still bring him into a crew for 10. I wouldn't bring him into a crew for 11. I certainly wouldn't if he was 12 with tax. So I think nine is is maybe a little ahead of the curve. But nonetheless, good model to take for the price. Next up is Mancha Roja, which is red mask in Spanish. Um, I love this model because... I'm from Southern California where you see a lot of luchador stuff, which is Mexican wrestling. And the whole mask concealing your identity is a big deal in the luchador um, culture. It's extremely rude and just taboo to try to remove your opponent's mask during a fight, which almost happened to La Parca and like a fan like laced his mask back up. And you know, it's like American wrestling where it's, it, it's fake-ish. It's a little more real than fake as in like they're like, they're going at it a little bit more, but I think it's a little more, it's just as predetermined as um, American wrestling. So it makes it even more rude to take somebody's mask off because you either know that you're going to win and you're going to take their mask off or, you know, you're going to lose and you're going to take their mask off. It's just, it, it, it's taboo. You just, you don't do it. And that's a big deal. Anyway, so Mancha Roja, or as they say in the Breachside broadcast, Mancha Roja. That, that almost makes it better how it's pronounced wrong since the whole, like, gremlins imitating humans thing. Um, so, five crow, five, five, three. He's hard to wound. That crow is cage fighter. So, you can 
do an attack two three four which can't be cheated um when defending showboating flurry so discard a card and take a claw action rush so he gets two plus plus two inches on the charge and my time is now at the end of his activation if he's within two of a piano marker again shielded plus two so i just list I imagine him listening to some like fake gremlin like um um, mariachi music or something and getting all pumped which is hysterical so drop down take down one inch six against defense so remove a non-ski marker within two three to take three four five and they get injured if you remove the marker um he so then so put out injured on a ram it's plus one damage for each condition bowled over so you know push four and then push four into them and then but no attack. Mutilate, so it's plus one damage if they have slow, otherwise they gain slow. He has condition removal with toss in the mud. Juggernaut and heal himself, discarding a card. Free loot, again, removing a removing a ski marker and draw a card. So there's a theme in this crew. There are a bunch of pirates in theory. Although Mancharoja used to be affiliated with Wong and now he's not. Um, I, I think the fluff behind that is is really weak. I think it's just it, Zip needed some models, which is fine. That's totally... It, it, it happens. Um, so there's... Like, there are a bunch of pirates, right? So they're stealing stuff and gaining the benefit from it. So they're they're removing scheme markers and drawing a card. So I, I think this is a perfect example of game mechanisms matching fluff. But when it comes to actually playing the game, I, I love the fluff. It's probably the main reason why I like Malifaux, but it doesn't typically break theme for me to take things together that don't make sense, especially with Gremlins, because... The gremlins work together a lot, even though they may actually want to kill each other. But anyway, just another utility piece. Um, Major Beater, that's really his main role, is to tie up the middle because he's super tough. That cage fighter hurts. I've Man, I have been on the receiving end of cage fighter. Ugh, it can be, it can be so nasty, especially get summer if you're bio two carding a lot and just making your duel even worse. So, sorry, it's my baby screaming in the background. We're, we're in a parking lot waiting for mom while she gets us drinks. Um, it's Halloween and it's like 30 degrees out and I need some iced coffee and she needs some cider. So, you know, priorities, right? Um, so, not much to say about him. He's not as, he's not as stapled to my zip card as um, the first mate is. But he certainly has a place. Um, I'd say you probably take him half the time. Whereas, you know, the first mate's like 90% of the time. Especially if you plan on being really control-oriented with Zip and throwing out pianos everywhere. That can be really nasty. Because then it's just, he keeps hitting you, he keeps hitting you. You're now injured one, you're injured two. Flurry, uh, now you're injured three. It, it, it can get, it gets really nasty really fast. And the difference between your duels just get bigger and bigger. Overall, really good if you just want something to just jam up the middle and, you know, claim jump or, or just be nasty. Not much to say about the Totem Earl. Um, he's... He can interact, and whenever somebody places, he can be placed into base contact with them. That's really all you're using him for. I have very little to say to him other than that. Um, he's not... He's... I don't know. He's just there. If he dies, to me, I don't see it as a big deal. If he stays alive, hey, great. You've got another um, significant model that can do stuff. So that's all i got to say about a roll. Johan is a bit of a mixed bag. I know some people love him, some people hate him. 
I have, I don't think I've ever, have I seen it? No, maybe I've seen him on the table once. Five, five, four, two. Um, he was, he was, uh, he did get the nerf bat. I don't remember exactly what they did to him. I think they made him slower or something. He has flurry. He's hard to kill. He has rush. He has sabotage. So when he kills a construct, he can drop a ski marker. Meh. That'll come in handy. One in 50 games, maybe. Relic Hammer, 2-inch uh, engagement, stat 5, defense 4. three four six ignoring shielded, and he has knock aside, so he can push them 4 inches. Rebel Yell, so he can end all conditions. The suit's built in. Final Rest, 4-inch pulse, remove all scrap and corpse markers, and then you can heal one for each one removed um, on friendly models. Uh, so, you know, another beater. He, he costs 7, so he's you, know, you don't have enough stones for Mancha. I mean, he's still pretty good. He can flurry. He, uh, you know, he doesn't heal himself or anything like that. He's got some condition removal, which, if you know, depending on your matchup, you may actually want to bring him over or Montreal. His two-inch rush kind of it evens out with the his movement being knocked back from five to four. It's kind of like what they did with Archie. They took away his suited leap. They made him slower, but then they gave him rush. So he can. He still has the same net amount of um running but it's um it's a little more awkward whereas one has to be a straight line so um just another beater another beater and if you need another beater if it's like super bloody pool then here's a here's another one next up is the gremlin that shares a keyword with kin and that is marie lacroix um that is the proper pronunciation the french name Marie is a town in the very northern area of France that borders Belgium. Um, major French history nerd. Uh, so, and, and it's not La Croix. That's, you know, the, the drink says to pronounce it that way, knowing that it's wrong. That's just how they as a company, an American company, want to pronounce it. Anyway, so she's really popular. I want to say, if I, did I play against her? Did I play as her? I've seen her on the table, I'm pretty sure. She wasn't impressive that game, but has potential. So four, four, six, one, unimpressive stats until but you take into account they have the that she has the bigger they are, which is from the kin keyword. Smaller receives plus one to oppose duels with any models that have a size greater than, which is gonna be most of your encounters. Sputtering exhaust, demise flaming plus two, so she pulls out burning upon death. Flinch, so if the attacking model's stat is higher, she gains shielded. Um, so move six and flying and some concealment. So a pretty good, cheap scheme runner. Maybe somebody that you would send up the flanks and if you absolutely need to throw out some of her um, shockwaves. She has two shockwaves and I love me some shockwaves. As I've said many times before, making your opponent either flip their deck or burn cards from their hand is always good. And she has up we go, which now I always picture um, after listening to Harlefo talk about Karis and how she suplexes for days, it always makes you think of the jetpack guys from Streets of Rage 2. Uh, up we go, so uh, you know, place the target anywhere than 3 inches, 2, 3, 4, reposition, move this model up to 3 on a, on a mask. So, yeah, just always good. I can just picture a little tiny gremlin just like suplexing, I, I don't know, Euripides or something. Flaming Bottle, so Shockwave 1, move 12, damage 1, and Burning 1. Bombs Away, you can discard cards to send out multiple Shockwaves, which is just, it's really good. The more I actually I read this just now, um, I haven't really 
I haven't really looked at her and analyzed her um, in quite a while, but just amazing for only six stones. Um, she's the type of model that you bring in to either, you know, hopefully score one point or hopefully deny one point. Because if you try to run like too much interference with her, she's just gonna die. Concealment's only gonna get you so far. All it takes is, you know, wrong place, wrong time. I'll have an Izamu in my face for some reason because I misplayed and boom, she's dead, like in one hit. So really interested in, in playing her. It's it's um I, I tend to have a hard time when I'm theory foeing lists putting her in, but now I think I'm gonna have to try to put her in anyway, because for only one stone more you get the iron skeeter that has fly with me. But if you're playing a zip crew who is super fast and mobile anyway, you may not really need that much fly with me. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, what role? Because she would definitely fulfill a different role than an Iron Skeeter, and you probably won't need more than one. Um, as is kind of the case with a lot of minions, I find. People wonder why there are three. Well, I think it's more of a sculpt choice. I think that um, Weird is just giving you the choice of which model you like the look of better. Which I find I tend to like the twos better. I, I don't know. All about the number two, I guess. Next up is um, Jack Burton. I mean, um, Burt Jebson. One of the many <clears throat> Big Trouble in Little China references. This one may be a little bit more obvious. I love Big Trouble in Little China. It's such a good movie recently watched The Golden Child, which has a lot of the same actors, and I had read online that it has, like, very similar themes. Uh, not really. Um, so I watched The Golden Child. has Eddie Murphy in it, and I just wanted to say, okay, what is the main difference between this movie and Big Trouble in Little China, since the there, there was, like, major marketing concerns when both movies came out around the same time that they were too similar. So, and I can tell you, the main difference between Big Trouble in Little China and The Golden Child is that Big Trouble in Little China is a good movie. It's the biggest difference right there. So, hey, Burt Jepsen, he gets a lot of hate on the internet. So, he's cost eight, so already I'm thinking eight, he better do some work. He's a five, six, five, one. He's agile, which is nice, but he's only moved five, so it's not like you're out there, like, running a bunch of schemes, necessarily. Uh, ram trigger for uh, a two, three, four damage back. But the damage flip sign suffers a minus. So he's got the uh, hard knock life from sharing a keyword with Whizbang and magical influence, and of course, showboating. And he's blast resistant again from Whizbang. <clears throat> Not going to come up very much if you're bringing him with um, Zip, but it might be you know incidental tech against whoever your opponent is bringing, I suppose. Already very unimpressed with the stats. Um, lucky knife, one inch. Uh, this should be your if to really be a a um, big trouble little China reference. This should be a ranged attack. Uh, Lucky knife two three four crit strike reposition delay. Uh, Blackwater pepper box uh, two three blast five blast range eight. It's a six. Sikkim girl uh, a uh, tome a friendly pig with an eight in line of sight of the target may push eight towards the target. So obviously meant to partner with Gracie, who is um, also a big trouble in Little China reference. Clockwork Grenade, so he has a shockwave. I love me my shockwaves. And it's a uh, move 12 damage too. So not a gimme. And, um, you know, some some damage. Reckless, so he can... Yeah, oh, and his, his um, grenade is a, uh, 
a bonus action. And he also has Reckless to make himself fast. So I guess that's where Agile comes in into play. You make yourself fast. You can just walk out of engagement range and you know move twice. So you can move 10 inches and then drop a ski marker. Okay, that's actually pretty good. Talking myself into it. I know that Pete on Rage Quit Wire really likes this guy. Brings him to a lot of lists. Uh, I think Pete is a little bit like me where he likes to just do things that the internet says is bad. Um, so what's he doing? Like, I... I Trying to, I like to have my models have a specific role that I have them playing that's predetermined. That, um, you know, doesn't always go according to plan. But what am I doing with him? Maybe is he... What's, what is What does his turn one and turn two look like? Um, maybe a lodestone carrier? Uh, or backup lodestone carrier? Maybe backup going after stones? Maybe, I don't know, I don't know. Because I'm certainly not rushing him up the middle. Maybe he'd be one of the end of turn, um, toward, more towards end of turn activations to see where I can lob some some grenades. This is one of those models where I'm going to, where I, I just want to try some new stuff out and see what he does. And I'm, maybe I'll be amazed, I don't know. I just, I, I love this model so much, it's so funny. He's got the mullet and everything. He just, he's got a you know white shirt and um, denim pants on. I uh, and big boots. I might try to freehand something onto the shirt to be a big trouble in Little China reference. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about him. I don't know how much he really brings to the the Zip crew. There's so much good stuff in Zip that it's really hard to find room for this guy, but. Maybe just like with other things, you got to actually put them on the table. There are so many things that I've looked at and said, man, that just looks terrible. And I put it on the table, like, that was amazing. And vice versa. Like, it took, I don't know how many times I've brought the Intrepid Emissary now in my Explorers games, but I finally feel like I got my points out of him uh, just this last game against Yan Lo. Another Big Trouble in Little China reference. Okay, that's Bert. Gracie, another Big Trouble in Little China reference. She's a big pig. She's the bestest pig. Cost eight, four, six, four, three. Stampede, so that's on a lot of stuff. Um, when uh, when she ends a charge in base contact, she can suffer one damage to make all things in base contact suffer base damage or uh, one damage. It's pretty good. Armor two, hard to kill. Eat your fill. So when she kills something, she heals two. She turns into a scrap marker instead of a corpse marker when she dies. This is what's interesting about Gracie. She's cost eight. She has eight health and she's armor two. Usually models with armor two suffer in the health department. Um, she is only defense four though, so you're gonna get hit a lot. Uh, she has zero inch tusks, stat six against defense, have to declare a trigger of able, two, four, five, crit strike, tear off a bite. Um, blink stare, which is to make them, we have to discard a card, it makes them Gain slow and discard a card and lie down and take a nap, which is discard a card. This model gains shield plus three and ends its activation. So all good triggers. There's not a bad trigger on here. If timing could be could be bad, <clears throat> but in my opinion, with her, you're going to want to do focused strikes instead of multiple strikes because you could end up screwing yourself over if you, if it's your first activation and you have lie down and take a nap and um, you end your activation. I mean, you gain shielded three, but you have no better card to cheat in. That's what you flipped. 
so it'd be the end of reactivation. So I would say take a take a, a focus in almost all instances. And she has ride with me, and she can make the target gain focused one, and uh, which is a bonus, and then reckless. She's not whiz bang though, which is interesting, but she still has reckless. Um, such a good model. My gosh, I can see why people take this in like almost every crew. Ride with me, armor two, willpower six. I mean, gosh, she's only moved four, but I mean, when you can, when you have 12 inches of total movement and you can, you can bring somebody else with you. This game really thrives when you are able to move AP around, when you can do things out of activation. It's extremely strong to do things out of, out of activation. It's like reallotting the reallotment of your AP. It's super, super strong. And so anytime you have ride with me or fly with me, not only does it bring that model up the board, but you're engaging in that out of activation AP reallotment, or or you can think of it as adding AP to that person. Now the AP is totally different in 3E than 2E, but the terminology still fits, even though it has a different definition. So what is what role is she playing? Uh, claim jump. <laughs> Uh, any, anything where there's going to be death in the middle, Gracie, Gracie can be there with a bokor like attached to her butt, just keeping her up. Because I, I mean, you know, the, the bokor is probably going to be is probably going to be um, sought after. But so let's, so she's size three though, so you can hide the bokor right on her, and it'll be very difficult for the opponent to to get at them. They'd have to like waste an AP to walk around Gracie, assuming that they're engaged with her, and and hit the bokor. Um, and she's size three, and the bokors are size one, so you can't just like look over her unless you're size four, which is not going to happen very often. Uh, so that's Gracie. I can see taking her at you can. I think you could take her in any any pool against any opponent. I don't see why you would ever not take it. Even, even opponents that ignore armor, I could definitely see you wanting to bring her because she's just so good. She has so much utility and man, she can bring the violence. So run up the board. I don't see her going up the flanks unless for some reason your opponent is all focused on one flank, maybe in kick the cans or something. So her engagement range being zero is definitely a hindrance, but I mean, you can't have it all, right? You can, if say there's a game of kick the cans and there's a bunch of markers, you can just run her up and slam into somebody. And you know, being on a 50 mil base, she's just gonna go to town and cause problems. And she's gonna be so hard. She's gonna be so hard to take care of. She can tear off a bite, so she can constantly heal. She has eat your fill, so she's bound to kill something eventually. And Bayou is not hurting for healing. They have like probably the best healing in. I almost stopped myself, but it's probably true. Best healing in the game with three minions that have a good heal for a bargain price, seven out of the keyword. So that's my takes on Gracie. I'm definitely going to be bringing her to the table. Probably not every game like a lot of Bayou players do, but I could definitely see her getting on the table a lot. Now to talk about the wrestlers. More luchadores. I just love this lucha libre. Um aesthetic um i talked before about how it doesn't i don't know if it necessarily fits with zip but i guess you know he's he's a band of larger than life grammys so i mean i guess i could see it 
So the wrestlers are cost five, five four, five one. Hard to wound showboating. They have squeal that's not built in on a mask. Rush, so an extra two inches. Five health. So they're, um, I'm gonna start with not their attack first. Toss in the mud, so they push the target two inches and end one condition on them. They need a seven. Bonus action, free loot. That's the enemy scheme marker deal. Um, I actually would like that better if it was just any scheme marker because at the very least you could, um, you know, if you poop out a scheme marker with somebody, you can um, try to get some more um, efficiency out of the wrestlers. But, I mean, can't have the world, right? So it, the main thing I want to talk about, their melee attack, their attack action is wrestle, zero-inch engagement, stat five against defense. This model may remove a non-scheme mark within two inches. So the same thing as Macho Roja. They're like little Macho Roja, like they're miniature versions of him. Two, three, four damage. And if the marker was removed, they gain injured plus one. Uh, they have the bold over, severe injury. They're the, the trigger that's unique to them is the slingshot slobber knocker. I, I, I what? <laughs> Choose a friendly model with infamous model within two inches. Push the chosen model five inches, ignoring any models such that it moves through the target. Models the chosen model push through in this way must each pass a target number 13 move duel or suffer one damage. I this is this is great. So it plays into what I like to do is make my opponent flip through their deck. Because you can't relent and just say it hits me and not flip any cards unless it specifically says to. So at the very least, you're you're making them flip a card. Now that could work against you. you they could flip a low card and not pass it and they take one damage and they don't care and they just take the damage. That's fine. Which will make their deck hotter. So it can work against you. But in most cases, it's to your benefit. Ideally, they'd flip a red joker there, right? Um, so this is just a hard model to find a place for. Like like so many things. This is the downside of having a keyword that's so strong. When you have so many good things, it's hard to find space for other things that are not that are good but not amazing. So cost five. Uh, I guess if you're trying to build a list that um, just has, like, an awkward amount of stones left over, <clears throat> which I find myself having to deal with frequently, actually, you could slot one of these guys in, and they're just kind of maybe following Mancha around to um, to support him. They could be uh, pretty nasty. If you could imagine putting Gracie, Mancha, and one of these wrestlers up in the middle of the field when claim jump is the deal, and there's... And, and it maybe gets corrupted ley lines or um, symbols of authority, and you put a symbol in the middle just to just to bait them in. Uh, and so, you, and you've got piano markers like crazy that you can just be pulling away for these um, injured, and it's just they can add to the to the constant the constant pain. So, I mean, you could have the wrestler attack first to try to get that initial injured out, and then Mancha can go after them, and they can just be really nasty. But again, that that they cost five which is is cheap so what do you want for five stones but so often i'm faced with but for one more stone i could bring this other model so i don't know i definitely will have to get them to the table I'm, i don't remember if i've seen them on the table or not at the same time <clears throat> when you bring these cheap models that don't necessarily do amazing things you're presenting a problem to your opponent and you're making them you're forcing them to make a decision. Do I want to spend my AP going after the amazing model that I need to kill because it does a lot of work? 
or do I break off and take care of this cheap little model that doesn't necessarily do anything amazing, but he's, it's a significant model, and a significant model is a significant model. He can go score a point. You run interference right when you don't we don't think my machinist is a stat there is a cost five meaning an evs and she definitely got her points worth and was able to affect the board state as far as schemes and strategies are concerned she was able to unf like she i had her remove a scheme marker in that game so combine that with the fact she passed out shielded and drew a card uh, she got work done this could be one of the situations where if you're fighting a crew that passes out conditions he can end that condition push the target wherever they need to go or against a, an opponent that has fast or focused or what or shielded or whatever so they have their uses but the usual problem of too many good things the flying piglet exists in one of these spaces where it's just shy of being useful on paper but i'd have to actually get it on the table to find out so it's a cost three four health so it's above the curve there four three five one so it'll die to less than a stiff breeze flight mindless demise uh delicious bacon so turn into a uh, scheme marker uh showboating dazzling flourish six inch four, staff four against willpower target gain slow gore it's the same it's like tusks on pigs zero inch and you have to declare a trigger one two three bold over pick the bones blah 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 into space which it gets from wong and being associated with the whiz bang keyword uh bury this model during the end phase the opposing player chooses an enemy model unbury this model within two inches of the chosen model so could be useful could be not it just depends like everything in malifo if the board state is such that all their models are in an area that you need to go to and there's not an obvious bad choice for you it could be good it's a i mean it's a cost three model what do you want right usually these are summoned I don't really see hiring these, but you never know. I mean, it's a stat four, but slow can be nasty. Um, I, <laughs> unless I'm just like really feeling silly, I don't see myself ever hiring these for any reason. They are significant, so there is that, and they do have flight. So, I mean, I suppose they could be a, a cheap scheme runner because again, this is probably like what I just talked about with the wrestler. Why go after this? We can go after other things. Maybe like a bit of a slate of hand type of deal. I don't know. Um, I don't have much to say about these guys. The Bayou Smuggler, who also gets a lot of hate on the internet, uh, cost six, health six, five, four, five, two. Um, their deal is they have carried the loot once per activation after an enemy ski marker within six is removed. This model may draw a card. So, <clears throat> not bad. So they're like, you can already kind of see right there, they're anti-scheming. Uh, quick note, building these models was a pain in the butt because they just don't want to line up well with actually being able to stand. Drag behind. Before this model moves, it may choose a marker within two of it. A marker, not just a scheme marker, a marker within two or of it. After resolving the move, place the chosen marker in a base contact with this model. So <clears throat> you can just drag a scheme marker where, where you want it to go. Let's say an enemy model is where you need to have a scheme marker. Bayou Smuggler goes, it drops a scheme marker, and then it walks and brings it with it. And boop, there's the scheme marker. Even better if that model's already activated, like doing uh, Breakthrough or Spread Them Out or Deathbeds. And you've got the kill set up, and, but you, know, you don't have any 
and you don't mind me, boop, here's a ski marker, and then uh, there, there's some possibility there. It's it's one of those situa where it's situationally really good. It's not like a like a take all type of deal. Like I, I don't see just like bringing this model and seeing what happens with it. It has a specific job. Full pack, gain shielded plus one for each marker within two of it. <clears throat> Showboating. It shares a keyword with bandit for some reason. I'm just kidding. I just that's just my irrational dislike of Parker. Although I really liked his Malifaux Burns story. I won't spoil it, don't worry. Two inch engagement range. Hey, I never realized that. Two inch engagement range. Stat five against defense. Uh drop it. So drop a ski marker on a tome. Knock aside. Pill for a target must be able to use soul stone so you can steal a soul stone. Their tactical bonus action, the tides of fate, discard a soul stone, draw two cards, and then discard two cards. Meh. Could be great. Could be terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Why would you not just draw two cards at the beginning of the turn if you have a crappy hand? I I don't know. Unless you showboated your way into terrible cards and you want to get rid of them. I, eh, eh, eh. Situationally okay. Situationally good maybe, I guess. I don't know. Appraise. Remove target scheme, scrap, or corpse marker. Okay, so we've got some miners going on. Flip a card, which cannot be cheated, and resolve the following effect based on the value of the card. 0 through 5, draw a card and discard a card. 6 to 10, draw a card. Drop this model's choice of either a friendly or enemy ski marker anywhere within range, then draw a card. Right, so, you're drawing a card either way for getting rid of a scheme, scrap, or corpse marker. So, there's some stuff. There's some stuff you can do. <clears throat> They're kind of an annoying anti-schemer with some card draw. A little bit of utility. It can be one of these things where when I'm building a list, I have I have the models that I want to get the job done, and then I have this awkward number of points left that I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't feel like bringing three upgrades or two upgrades and having a cache of seven. I don't really need that. But um, I don't want to like bring something else beefy that I don't really need that I'm gonna, now going to have a cache of two. But I like to have s at least six hires on the table. I'm not good enough of a player to deal with being behind the ball on, or behind the eight ball on um, AP right out the gate. So this might be one of those roles for this model. We'll see. I, I could I could actually see a place for this where they're just kind of skulking around your backfield. Maybe, maybe on um, Turf War or Symbols of Authority the first turn or so, they're the one in your backfield flipping the Turf War markers. So at the very least your opponent's going to have to come in flip them back if they wanted to deny you points or get more for themselves so so yeah i'm kind of i'm coming around to it the iron skeeter which in my opinion is one of the best minions in bayou there's just so much utility here um i think a lot of players sometimes myself included get tunnel vision in that they, you can only hire in keyword but <clears throat> i like playing a faction as a whole more of a traditional wargamer mentality even though i don't have like a lot of experience with war games I've been into war games since like 2010. Started with, of course, Warhammer 40,000. Um, it was more of a hobbyist, but did play occasionally and just found the game to not be fun. But that's the mentality that I'm used to is where you look at your whole faction and see what you have available to you. Um, flight, oh, sorry, let me go over stats. So they cost seven, health seven. They're a construct and living. Five, five, seven, three. 
flight, sputtering exhaust, armor one, showboating, demise, flaming one. So there's repercussions for killing them too closely. Barrel roll, one inch, stat five against defense. I don't understand how that's an attack action. I don't know, are you smacking them with your wings as you roll or what? I don't know. Triggers must be declared. It's two, three, four, which is the only trigger is bowled over. Push target four inches, then push this model four inches towards them. Grappling hook, stat five against defense, range eight, two, two, three, with a delay trigger, target gain slow. What's weird is this is a grappling hook, but there's no movement involved. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so two bonus actions, fly with me, always good, and free loot. So they're just utilitarian. They, they're move seven. They're putting out concealment. What more do you want from them? Like, you're you're getting your stuff up the board, and then anything to do after that is just gravy. They're going to, you know, try to get to the opponent's backfield, run the flanks, run interference. They're just your kind of utilitarian minion that can just do all kinds of work. I mean, a 2-3-4 isn't amazing, but, you know, that that's not nothing. Like... Once I've had this revelation of using focus and I can actually, like, pay attention to moderates and severes more, like, I've had surprise instances where, you know, a meek model put out some heavy damage that was unexpected and it was kind of like, whoa, that just happened. So, I, this is a short one because the Iron Skeeter, I mean, what, what more do I have to say? They're just, they're just my, one of my favorite minions, maybe even in the game. In theory, I haven't actually gotten to the table. I've seen them on the table. They were a pain in the butt. And I wanted to talk about um, versatiles with Zip. Of course, there's the Emissary. Um, maybe not as needed in Zip because he has access to so much speed already. But at the same time, you know, you don't, don't rely on Zip to be doing anything that requires significance because of um, Earl. If, if Earl gets iced, boom, you're done. So don't rely on that. So that's where the emissary could come in could come in handy if you need a lodestone bearer or if you need to um, run symbols. And yeah, you know it's insurance if Earl and a Skeeter dies. Um, so for versatiles, we got Bo Peep. I don't. I I'd, I'd really have to get Bo Peep to the table. Um, I don't see anything here that really helps other than the fact that she has reckless so she can just be just another super fast model and she's a henchman so there's some competition for soul stones um five four six two i'm not going to go in depth in this card it's a two inch engagement range um so i could be wrong it doesn't seem like something for this for this master uh for zip Gluttony, I staple in Bayou, marker removal, 5562. He's um, you know, he's passing out the sin tokens for unopposed um da three damage, which is always good. Um his main shtick is at ten inches he can choose a marker within six inches in line of sight of, of the target. Pushes the target into base contact with marker and remove all markers base contact with the target, and then it suffers two damage for each marker. I mean you can't target strategy markers, but there's invariably going to be a marker around somewhere. Obviously, you'd want to take him if you're expecting more marker-heavy crew, like Zip, which I think I did, and he didn't work out very well, but that was more my misplay than anything. Um, just a, a good a good model. Uh, Zero-inch engagement, but passes out injured. Two, three, four. 
he can heal himself. Um, yeah, you're not going to be playing him with any other Crossroads 7. Uh, yep, yeah, he's Marker Hate, so you can discard a Sin Token from an enemy when they drop a Ski Marker to make it yours. So, not much I'll say about Gluttony. McTavish, who is another henchman who's cost 9, 5, 5, 5, 3, 9 health. He has Penetrating Stench, which I, I just I love that. I'm the rare player that brings Bayou Gators. I just think they're really cool. On the move, which is always good at the start of this model's activation. Move him three inches, so you can if he's in a sticky situation, you can you can get him away. He's unimpeded. He ignores friendly fire. People don't like him because he seems to not have a focus. Well, you know, you can't min-max everything, and that doesn't mean that it's a bad model. So he has a one-inch three, four, five with puncture and, puncture and execute. Love me some execute. Um... His long carbine, which is a 14-inch engagement range, 245, so not amazing damage and not a trigger to increase damage. Um, toss in the mud, so and then Gator Snack. So he's he's got some he's got some stuff. He can create concealment. Nine nine stones is a lot. It's a big ask, but if you're in a situation like I am, where you're playing Malifaux and not Vassal, and so you want to play models and, and have variety but still be competitive this might be where you want to where you want to get stuff on the table and 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 check it out it might surprise you i'm looking forward to getting him on the table myself he's a big scary bad that isn't going to go down super super easy like he i mean he doesn't have any defensive tech whatsoever besides penetrating stench but like if you have mancha roja in your face in the middle of the table you got McTavish 14 inches away on the flank. Who are you going to go after? <laughs> like, you, you can't just ignore Mancha, who, especially if Claim Jump is in the pool. Like, you, you, you can't do that. You have to go after him. And then, you know, Versatiles, a lot of the keyword models are versatile as well. Johan, Bert, Gracie, they're all, they're all Versatiles. The Lucky Effigy, he's going to be left behind, so I don't imagine bringing him. Fluffernutter, Ruffles... Stumpy, I make pork chop, the pig of pult. I don't see them having a role in this in this crew. Smugglers also versatile. Bio gremlins, no, 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 no. Gators. If you have that, if you want to be stealthy and have your opponent not targeting you, I really like gators. They're ruthless, they have penetrating stench, they have flurry, <clears throat> and they have stealth. Ambush, so they're moving 13 inches a turn. Um, they have execute. They have puncture built in. Two, three, four. I, I just uh, for five stones, you can't go wrong with, with Bayou Gators in my opinion. So that wraps up my um, analysis of Zip as I start to play him. I'll check back in after my first, my first game to do the first real episode of this and see how I was right, how I was wrong. Analyze how the game went, the schemes and and strategies that I that I picked uh, versus my opponent. And I'll, uh, I'll be posting that probably in the next week or so.